0: from the rule of our Holy Father, St. Benedict, chapter 25, De Vesciadis et Calciadis, Fratrum of the Clothes and Shoes of the Brethren. Let the clothing be given to the Brethren suitable to the nature and the climate of the place where they live. For in cold countries more is required Warm countries less. This must therefore be considered by the abbot. We think, however, that in temperate climates, a cowl and a tunic should suffice for each month. The cowl to be a thick stock in winter, but in summer, something warm or thin. Likewise, a scapular for work. And shoes and stockings to cover their feet. And let not the monks complain of the color or coarseness of these things, but let them be such as can be got in the country where they live, or can be bought most cheaply. (coughs) Let the abbot be careful about the size of the garments, that they be not too short for those who wear them. But of the proper length. When they receive new clothes, let them always give up the old ones at once to be put by in the wardrobe for the poor. For it is sufficient for a monk to have two tunics and two cowls for wearing at night, and also washing. (coughs) Whatever is superfluous and ought to be cut off. In the same way, let them give up their shoes and whatever else is worn out when they receive new ones. Let those who are sent on a journey receive drawers from the wardrobe, and on their return restore them washed. Their cows and tunics also jar to be a little better than those they ordinarily wear let them receive from the wardrobe when setting out on their journey and give them back on their return that thou will have mercy upon us thanks be to you. God chapter 55 is given us on this feast of St. Cayetano. <coughs> St. Cayetano one of the most attractive figures of uh, the Counter-Reformation, Catholic Reform. And this for for a number of reasons. I find in this correspondence, chapter 55 and the Feast of St. Gaetano, a wonderful uh, manifestation the liturgical providence of God. There are <clears throat> a number of things in the Mass of St. Gaetano that should hold our attention today. The first was in the collect that we had at the commemoration of the Lords. We ask, Deus intercessione, at the example by his intercession example in te semper confidere I found that wonderful in te semper confidere that we may always trust Desire only things heavenly. This reference to desire is very compelling. The desire of the human heart must be lifted to heavenly things. All the same, we have today to consider in chapter fifty-five the clothing. And shoes of the brethren the gospel given us today in the Mass of St. Cajetan at least or St. Gaetano, uh, has this and for raiment why are you solicitous what a marvelous correspondence with, with chapter 55 and for raiment why are you solicitous consider the lilies of the field how they grow They labor not, nor do they spin. But I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed as one of these. How important it is that the monk live with his eyes open. This business of going about shutting out the world is uh, shutting out Things created is, is in some way a, a, a refusal or pushing away of a whole sacramental economy. The monk is to live with his eyes open to the creative beauty that surrounds him, to the lilies of the field. The monk who never allows his gaze to rest on a flower, tree, a bird in flight, a sunrise field moved by the wind, such a monk is much to be pitied. And not only are we to let our gaze rest on such lovely, created things, God also would have us take delight in them. Our Lord took delight in the beauty of the lilies of the field, and and referred to them, had to say to the Apostles, consider the lilies of the field. Look at them. Open your eyes. See what is there. See what is there. And so, uh, I think that the, the underlying premise of this chapter of the Holy Rule is this readiness to perceive and take delight in the loveliness of created things. We find this at the very beginning of Genesis. God himself looked upon the work of his hands and found it beautiful, found it good, So it is in the light of this that we are to look at this uh, mundane chapter, in some way, on the clothes and shoes of the brethren. The first principle given is that the clothing be suitable to the nature and climate of the place. This indicates, and blessed Abbot Schuster makes this observation, it indicates that Saint Benedict fully intended uh, that his rule would be observed beyond Monte Cassino, that the rule would spread even beyond uh, southern Italy and reach far off places. Uh, so we see here something of the foresight of Saint Benedict. He fully intended that uh, the rule would reach far from places with other climates, And he says, in cold countries more is required, in warm countries less. This is the great principle of adaptation that we find really alter up the rule from beginning to end. This, therefore, must be considered by the act. Uh, you, you should at some time go through the rule and look at the correspondence between the verb to consider, the pia consideratio, for example, that uh, the abbot is to consider. That means that he is to to look at and to weigh and to uh, evaluate to judge and take into account uh, the circumstances and even uh, the different Temperaments and gifts and dispositions of the brethren. He says that in temperate climates, a cowl and a tunic should suffice for each monk. We've lost the the ancient practice uh, that was still in vigor until 1965 or 66 in some places of wearing the kukula, or the cowl as it's called here. Um, in all of the intervals uh, intervals (laughs) that's a funny monastic word it was used to refer to the periods of time between the hours of the divine office Uh, they used to be called intervals so that between wads and prime and prime and terse and terse and sext uh, during so-called intervals uh, the choir monks at least would keep the cow on. The cowl was also worn uh, to the refectory, and the cowl was even worn to bed. So that practice has fallen into disuse. The scapular, however, was only worn for work. And the trappists held to this practice uh, well into the the 1960s. Uh, The practice was, when they took off the cowl to go to work, they would hang it, scapular. And uh, when they would return from work, they would take off the scapular, hang it up, and put on the car. And that, uh, we know that this was, in fact, a practice, because the legend uh, by which uh, the Cistercians came to explain show The transformation that had taken place. Why did the scapular remain black? Because the scapulars were hanging on the hooks in the change room. They were not in the choir. And so the reason for the black scapular and the white tunic and the white cool cowl is a, a, a kind of a, a perpetual memorial of the solicitude. Of the mother of God for the monks. It's a lovely legend, but uh, perhaps rooted in 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 some kind of historical. Volexio Divina, still, in some monasteries. So the the actual use of these garments has changed um, over the centuries and is determined now by local custom. St. Benedict makes provision for shoes and stockings. And uh, this, in in his uh, cultural context, is somewhat remarkable. St. Benedict was concerned that his monks always be suitably attired. There is a certain gentlemanly quality that St. Benedict wants to see in his monks. And this extends even to the shoes and stockings. A practical point. If your stockings, if your socks are too short, please get rid of them and ask for new ones. Um, It's extremely distressing when a brother's tunic rides up in the back and we see a little bit of sock and then some white leg. And this this happens at the profound inclination at the end of the office and it's not at all a lovely thing to behold. So make sure that you have properly fitting uh, black black, uh, not blue, not brown, not green, uh, not plaid, and not polka dotted, but black socks uh, that go above the calf, so that if the habit uh, lifts in the back, uh, we're not treated to um, a display of leg. <laughs> Let the abbot be careful about the size of the garments that they be not too short for those who wear them, but for the proper length. Make sure when you put on your tunic, that you pull it down, so that it has the proper length. Some of the brothers uh, uh, somehow allow their tunics to ride up. And then uh, you have, they look lopsided, or the habit is shorter in the back than it is in the front, or shorter in the front than in the back. Dress yourselves. Uh, with a certain amount of care. Um, If your your tunic is too short, come to me, and we'll arrange to have a length added to the tunic. St. Benedict is very generous in providing his monks with uh, suitable clothing, and he also provides for special attire, when monks are sent out on a journey. The, the most um, important thing uh, today, however, has to do with um, our Lord's invitation to rely on His divine providence. And the first step towards this confidence in the providence of God is the contemplation of the created beauty around us. So I conclude by saying again, live with your eyes open, live with your eyes open, and uh, never fear, delight in uh, the creative things by which God manifests, I want to call it His humble glory, His humble glory. We see the humble glory of God in the creation around us. And the monk who knows how to look at created things, Uh, St. Bernard says, for example, that he learned more among the trees of the forest than he did in the scriptorium bent over his books. Uh, The monk who knows how to take delight in created things uh, will then better correspond to the whole sacramental economy, uh, which is the continuation in the life of the Church of well, the Adorable Mystery.